0: you will please turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, we are in a sermon series in the book of Joshua, making our way chapter by chapter. If you need a copy of the scriptures, there should be one in the chairs in front of you, and we're on page 180. Page 180, Joshua chapter 5. It, I, I love it when God's providence collides right with his word that is being preached. So as we got a chance this morning to witness and participate in baptisms and then these covenant promises that were made, we'll see something very similar here with the Old Testament church in Joshua chapter 5. This is God's holy word to us this morning. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that Yahweh had dried up the waters of the Jordan of the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, Yahweh said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeah Harloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came up out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came up out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of Yahweh. Yahweh swore to them that he would not let them see the land that Yahweh had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And Yahweh said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover ...on the fourteenth day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was by Jericho... He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us, or are you for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of Yahweh. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of Yahweh's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's ask the Lord to bless our learning of his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Inspired, holy, and errant. Able to equip us for life and godliness. And Lord, as we read this story and study this story about your love, your mercy, your providence, your goodness in the lives of your people. Lord, teach us, instruct us, help us to see that you are with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. God is with you. These are common Christian greetings and words of encouragement that we give to each other every day to assure one another of God's love and that His presence is with us, His presence is with His people. For that is what gives us the assurance we, we need. But how do we know for sure? How can we be sure that God is with us? That He cares for our day to day lives? How can we be sure that Jesus is with us in the storms of life? These were probably some of the big life questions that Israel was facing as they had crossed the Jordan and now they were in the promised land. And they were about to embark on holy war to possess the land of promise that God had given to them. How would they know for sure that God was with them? How could they know that they would have good success in this conquest that God had called them to? This is what we all need many and days of our lives, right? We all want to know that God is with us, that he will help us, that we are assured of his presence no matter what we face in life. Just to remind you that the book of Joshua is a continuation of the work that God began during the life of Moses. And so this is very much connected with things that were going on At the very beginning of Exodus all the way through Deuteronomy to now the time of Joshua. And now Joshua is in charge. Moses is gone. And Yahweh God is showing Joshua and showing his people that he is with them. He is with them. The former generation saw God's presence as he led them out of Egypt as he allowed them to cross the Red Sea as he defeated Pharaoh and his armies but how would this generation know that God is with them and that is what this passage is about this is what it's teaching God's people that just as Yahweh God was with Moses just as he was with Egypt I mean Israel as he led them up out of Egypt out of the land of slavery so he is with his people now. And now here God's people have crossed the Jordan and they've entered the promised land. And the command that was given to Joshua and to the people to be strong and courageous is still true. It still holds true for Joshua. It still holds true for Israel. And so how would Yahweh God give his people strength and courage and show them that he was with them that He would give them prosperity and success on their way. And that is the message being communicated here to us over and over in Joshua, but specifically Joshua chapter 5. Yahweh God is with His people. He is with them. As Yahweh God was with Moses, as Yahweh God is with Joshua now, As he has delivered his people, as he is going forward before his people to lead them into the promised land and allow them to possess it, he is with them. And we will see that in at least four ways, and there's certainly more in our story today, that God is with his people. And let's look at these four ways. He is with his people, one, by the crossing of the River Jordan. Two, he is with his people through the covenant ceremonies that they will celebrate. Three, that he is with his people through the provision of fruits from this new land that he will give them. And four, he is with them by sending the commander of the Lord's army to go and fight with them. God is with his people, and he is with them in these ways. Let's look at these ways. The first is God is with his people as they were crossing the River Jordan and striking fear in the foreign kings in the Promised Land. I won't take time to explain this amazing scene of the crossing of the Jordan again, but again, how amazing it is to think about the Lord God going before His people, helping them to cross a flooded river plain with some two million people. He was working wonders among them to show them that He was with them. But we must remember at this point that Israel is being prepared for holy war. They must go and take the promised land by conquest. And so there would be battles that they need to fight. There would be cities that need to be conquered. How would God be with his people in this war? Well, at least for the third time in the book of Joshua, we see that Yahweh God had gone before his people by striking fear in the foreign enemies of his people. They were scared. It says fear had struck their hearts. It says the, the, the people's hearts of the land melted away with fear. They were, they were frozen in their fear. They had, they had no will, no ability, no desire to go and fight because they were scared to death. How could that be from a few million people who had been wandering in the wilderness? They probably didn't have all these mighty military war machines and they probably didn't even have like matching color guard or anything to really strike fear in the in the hearts of these people that was only possible because Yahweh God had gone before them and so he was showing his people that he was with them because he was already going ahead and doing work in the warhead God is with us today Brothers and sisters, He is with us. But what signs and wonders has He given to us to demonstrate His love and faithfulness to us? What mighty acts can we point to to remind ourselves and to show us that God is with us? What assurance is there that God is with us when we are drowning in debt? What assurance is there that God is with us when we have lost a loved one? What assurance is there that God loves us and that he is with us when our depression is not getting better, it seems that it's getting worse. How can we know that God is with us? What well, is by this? It is this, this reminder that we must give each other and to give ourselves every single day. It is by looking to the cross. Looking to the cross and fixing our eyes upon Jesus. And seeing that it is there that God did the greatest wonder of all, he sent his one and only son into the world to be born of a woman, born into the likeness of flesh, and be crucified on a cross and have our sins nailed to the cross by his son dying there for us. God sacrificed himself for us. God met our greatest need by Jesus Christ's death on the cross. He performed His greatest miracle by the incarnation and the life and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In our darkest hour, when sins had almost overtaken us, when the wrath of God was welling up, coming to judge us. Christ died for us. God did this for us. In our darkest hour, God met our greatest need. Surely, surely in every other way, God is with us. If he took care of our greatest need, surely he is with us in all of our other needs, especially our hard times. Friends, the reminder this morning is simple, yet we keep forgetting it, don't we? Whenever you feel that God is not with you, what's the remedy? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to the cross. Fix your eyes there and remember what God has done for you through the Savior. Look to Jesus. In Christ's We have crossed over from death to life. In Christ, God has defeated the enemies of sin and death and Satan. In Christ, God has done it all to assure us that He is with us. The cross is the greatest wonder of all. And God reminds us daily and over and over and over what He has done for us through His Son to remind us He is with us. Just as he was with Israel as they crossed the Jordan. Just as he was with Israel when he was striking fear into the hearts of his enemies. God is with us. A second way we see in this passage that God is with us is through these covenant ce- ceremonies that were celebrated here in verses 2 through 11. God showed his presence, his, that he was with his people through their participation in these covenant signs or these covenant ceremonies we see circumcision and Passover taking place here. Circumcision and Passover, these were kind of like the Old Testament covenants. I'm sorry, the Old Testament sacraments that showed God's covenant love and faithfulness to his people. And so the underlying theme here is this covenant theology that we keep coming back to. And covenant theology is simply this. It's the the understanding of how the whole story of redemption from the beginning to end, fits together with this promise that God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And God covenants with his people. And this covenant explains his great plan and purposes and redemption by showing his union and communion with his people. And along with this covenant relationship, God gives covenant signs, promises, markers, signs and seals to show his covenant love. And so circumcision was one of these. The mark of circumcision signified that covenant membership in God's community, just as baptism does in the church today, is a divine seal on those who are God's covenant people. And so Yahweh God commanded that every male on the eighth day of their life after they were born, they were to be given this covenant sign, this seal upon his people. So why? Why did God choose such a sign? Well, there are lots of reasons, but I believe one of the tangible and reasons that we can point to here is that God wanted to scar his people with the gospel. He wanted to scar his people With the gospel. A sign in their flesh, a visible sign to remind them that they belong to Him. Isn't it amazing in this story that God had this done right before they were about to go to battle? I mean, could you imagine Joshua going into the generals and say, hey, before we go and battle at Jericho, we're gonna circumcise everybody? They're thinking, What? That will incapacitate us. We won't be able to fight. They had to trust God. They had to obey that His will and His way was good for them. And that is what they did. It was important for Israel to receive this sign, this mark upon them, to set them aside for God's holy purposes. God is holy and He wants His people to be holy. holy. And so the text tells us that this new generation did not have the covenant sign. They weren't able to get their religion all organized while they were wandering 40 years in the wilderness. The the first generation had passed away because they did not obey, they did not trust the Lord their God, and so God raised up their children to be His holy army, to do His holy work, and so they must have the sign of the covenant so that the reproach of Egypt would be removed from them, the Scripture says. And so this covenant sign, it was Yahweh God's way of saying to his people, you are mine. You belong to me. I am with you. Tyler, God is with you, brother. You have received that covenant sign this morning, and we all can remember, if we have been baptized, that we have received God's covenant blessing, and we belong to him. But similarly, after this uh, act of circumcision, they celebrated the Passover. and We alluded to this last week as we took the Lord's Supper to to remind ourselves that as the Passover was that celebration meal of remembering God, the sacrifice, the, the blood that was shed to spare God's people, they were to remember that God was with them. He was with them when he delivered them out of Egypt. They were slaves. They had nothing. They had no power, no might, no land, nothing. And God delivered them out of slavery. He rescued them from the coming wrath by the blood of the lamb that was shed. And so, too, God's people were to celebrate this sacrament here, this Passover. to Remember, just as God was with them then... <laughs> He is with them now. He will deliver them into the promised land. And again, that's what the Lord's Supper does for us. It reminds us to fix our eyes on Jesus and to remember that God is with us because His one and only Son died once and for all and sat down at His right hand and rules and reigns and cares for us. God is with us. He has demonstrated His love for us. The lesson here is that these covenant ceremonies, these covenant signs, they were visible, tangible reminders to Israel. God is with you. As the sign of circumcision was given and as the Passover meal was eaten, they were to remember and know that God is with us. And that's why we need these sacraments that he gives to his church today. That's why they're so important for our our worship as a local church That's why these sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, they are for our spiritual good to nourish us and strengthen us and remind us that God is with us. The third way here that we see God's presence with his people, that he is with them, is the provision that he gives them in the new land. If you look there in verse 12. So do you ever get tired of eating the same thing over and over? you ever wake up some morning and think, you know, I've had, you know, Cheerios for breakfast for the last 12 years. Why have I done this? I'm not judging anybody that does that, by the way. (laughs) But put yourself in the position of the Israelites here, a people roaming in the wilderness, not having a land, not having cities, not having grocery stores. They literally had to rely on the Lord their God to provide to them daily. And one of the ways he did this was providing manna, this wafer bread-like substance that would fall from the heavens and that would be on the ground every morning for them to gather what they needed for the day. But as you read in some of the Old Testament stories, the people got sick of it. They grumbled against Moses. They were not thankful for this provision, and yet it was still there every day as a reminder, a tangible reminder for God's provision for his people. And it kept up for 40 years. It it kept up all the way until they were on the plains of Jericho. But then something amazing happened. Imagine the joy and the pleasure that the people experienced, that for the first time they didn't have to rely on this manna, That God had provided produce from this land flowing with milk and honey that he had promised them. That they literally got to eat and partake of produce, of, of fruit that they did not grow, that they did not make for themselves, that God had provided for them. What... An amazing blessing that it was to them as they got to eat and taste the Lord is good and He is fulfilling His promise. That He is not only with them through helping them fight battles and crossing the Jordan, but providing these things that we take for granted every day, right? And and maybe that's the, the lesson to take away here that God is with us. Because He is with us when He does extraordinary, awesome things in our lives. Maybe deliver us from cancer or save us from a car wreck, or who knows what. He was with his people extraordinary ways as he allowed them to cross the Jordan. But brothers and sisters, he is with us every day in everyday ordinary ways through a comfortable building that we get to come in and worship in this morning. And I think the temperature is set just right. right? Nobody's fanning themselves or covering up. We, we have grocery stores right down the street more than we could visit in one day to provide food for us. We have clean air to, to breathe. We, we, maybe, we had a bed to, to sleep on last night. We, 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 many, you all arrived here safely this morning. God gave you traveling mercies. There's so many just daily tangible things that we can point to that God is with us. Praise Him. He gave us another day. Let us be thankful. Let us not forget these ordinary ways that God is with us that is what the Lord Jesus taught us to pray in his prayer that we thank God for the daily bread that he gives us have you done that have you thanked him for the daily things that we take for granted but those are reminders these are very practical ways that we can remember God is with us the last way that we see here God with his people is in a way we don't expect and maybe we don't understand when some guy named the commander of Yahweh's army shows up. So here Joshua had been exalted among the people and it said that he was the man. That Israel stood in awe of who he was and his leadership and God's presence was with them. I mean, he was a mighty warrior. He was was highly esteemed. And so he sees this guy standing off in the distance with a a sword drawn. And he goes to him and says, who are you? Are you you an Alabama fan or are you an Auburn fan or something? (laughs) This guy said that he was there on Yahweh God's behalf to go and fight for them. Who was this guy? We don't know. Is this the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ? Is this an angel? Who is this? We don't know for sure, but we know he's the commander of the Lord's army, and that's good enough for Joshua. As he fell down and he worshipped, as he was told, just as Moses was told he was on holy ground in the presence of the burning bush, here Joshua was told he was on holy ground in presence of the commander of the Lord's army. What is the takeaway here? Why is this put in the middle of this story? God is with his people, and he sent his greatest warrior to fight for them. And God is with you too. And he sent his greatest warrior at another time in history. But this warrior came differently than the people expected. This warrior came humbly. He came as a servant. He came to fight a battle that would not be fought by human hands, but he came to fight a spiritual war. This warrior servant came to sacrifice himself to give his people victory over sin and death. This warrior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Another reminder here that God is with you. That you are so worth it. You are so worth it. That God sent his son for you. To die for you. To fight the battle for you. To die the death that you couldn't die. To make the sacrifice you could not give. God's warrior did that for you. Our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with another great reminder of God's presence with his people, with you. And it's found in the 23rd Psalm. And I know that there are some of you in this morning that are really struggling. You are really hurting. You are confused. You are depressed. You're worried. Whatever it may be. Hear the assurance that God is with you here from the 23rd Psalm. That the Lord, the great shepherd, is with you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the Lord, your shepherd. He's with you. He knows what you need. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though you feel right now you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil, for Jesus is with you. His rod and his staff, they are there to comfort you. The Lord prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is with you. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we could go on, on and on and on this morning about how you're with us. You're with us now. You're... You are with us by just allowing us to be here in this church this morning, worshiping you, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, here to hold our hands and spur us on to love and good deeds. The the baptism, uh, the the sign and seal of, of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of his people. All of these tangible ways, Lord, you are with us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear hearts to believe that you are with us, that you are with us in the greatest way possible by sending the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is in his name that we pray and it is his name that we praise you, amen.